as Amber said at the beginning of the service, we, uh, there are so many languages. You just heard that same Bible verse in nine different languages this morning. And that's not every language. It's not every dialect in our church. Oh, they all did it really fluently because it's their, it's their first or their family language. Now it's my turn. <laughs> so in English, welcome and blessings, greeting to you all. Where are our South Americans? They're all out cooking food. <laughs> in Portuguese, bem-vindo em bençãos, saudações ou todos vocês. In Afrikaans, now I'm going to really wreck this one. Welcome, ancien rote verhule almal. Or should I just clear my throat all the time? <laughs> In our, for our Indonesian family, salamat dantang, damberka salam untuk anda semua. For our Filipinos, welcome and blessing, pagbati san inyong lahat. We have, a fa- we have one one. Argentinian representative in the house. Bienvenidos en bendiciones. Saludos a todos ustedes. And for here in Aotearoa. No mai harimai, na mana aktanga, tena koto kato. What an absolute privilege. What an absolute privilege and a delight to gather as one church. This just like, oh my goodness, I've been so excited about today. The freedom that we are so richly blessed with here in New Zealand and Aotearoa to do what we're doing right here, right now. So many of you from other nations, this is such a foreign thing for you to be able to do back home. To be able to gather as people from all over the globe in one room and to do it safely and to do it with joy. You know, in Psalm 86 verse 9, the psalmist said this of our Lord and Saviour, You created each nation, and they will all bow down to worship and honor you. And I know this morning we have a number of different nations joining us online. So we've got uh, Joe and Summer who have been joining us for over a year now from South Africa. God bless you. We have um, Yaku. Your folks join us. Where's Yaku? He's probably out on the braai. Please don't be offended by our Safa Lads t-shirts. It said it's called a braai because barbecue is a chip flavor. Okay? And they got those t-shirts specifically made for today. <laughs> but I know uh, Yaku's folks join us. And we have a, we've had a number of different nations. We've had from South Africa to England to China to Australia to Georgia and in in Europe, Scotland, uh, different places within the United States and different cities around New Zealand joining us online. So if you, wherever you are joining us from this morning, can we love on our online folks this morning? God bless you. Welcome. Welcome and blessings. You know, even though we are many nations here, we are one in regards to church. And as such, we are called to live like that as one. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the people in, the, in, in Colossae, it's the, the book called Colossians. And in chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, it says this, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Now, why would, why would the Apostle Paul 
give that instruction as a Hebrew man to a Greek city. Well, our key scripture, which is, like I said, has been so wonderfully read in nine different languages, explains in that scripture, Jesus is speaking to his own father, where he says, I want all of them to be one with each other, just as I am one with you, and you are one with me. I also want them to be one with us. Then the people of this world will believe that you sent me. It may be a little bit overwhelming, but the reality is that as believers, regardless of our nationality, we have been called to live in such a way so that all people may believe in Jesus. So that means the calling on our lives is actually higher than any culture, higher than any philosophy, and higher than even our nationality. And here's a really crazy thing, because God has never actually asked you or required you to lose your nationality. He's never asked you to lose your culture. But when we put our nationality and our culture higher than Him, the scary thing is that our nationality and our culture become an idol. I remember once, years ago, uh, we had a, a lovely family that were a combination of Tongan and Samoan and Māori in our church. And uh, Sioni, the husband, was Tongan. Um, Josie, the wife, she was Samoan Māori. And they had just been asked to plant a, a Tongan assembly here in Marlborough. They were part of our church. And the whole national delegation of this particular church was in our meeting that morning. And I don't know what possessed me to say it on that morning, but on that morning I said, you know what, I'm not interested in leading a multicultural church. And all the oxygen disappeared out of the room. And I said, but let me explain this. I am absolutely passionate about leading a multi-ethnic church under the one culture of the kingdom of heaven. Because God has given each and every culture, each and every ethnic tongue, each and every nation a facet of his glory. And I think we rip him off if we choose to ignore what God has put in us to give him glory for the sake of fitting in and becoming uniform. And that's what I love about these services. The Apostle Paul calls this sort of lifestyle the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, maybe this morning you're feeling a little kind of overwhelmed and think, oh my goodness, all of these languages, how can I, I, I literally don't know how to bring the word of God to every people group. Well, first and foremost, you don't have to. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus, for that. But you know, even the Israelites faced this. They were in exile in Babylon. And in Psalm 137, one of the, a famous quote from a song that they sang was this, how can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? Well, to sing the songs of the Lord, you kind of got to know the words. And you know, I, over the last couple of weeks, I taught about Daniel, who was a Jewish hostage taken captive by the Babylonians, and he learnt their language, he learnt, he learnt their business and everything, but he remained true to his God. And in this, we can easily assume that the language used by believers should be understood by everyone. Yeah? <laughs> Do you know what people who don't follow the Christian faith call us, call out how we speak? They go, stop it, you're speaking in Christianese. 
I mean, come on, think about it. We all understand that Jesus died on the cross and it was because of his shed blood, the blood sacrifice that when we read and understand the scriptures, we understand that that blood sacrifice was for our cleansing and, and, and for the healing and the removing of sin from our lives. But you go up to someone who doesn't believe and go, I'm washed in the blood of the lamb. And they go, you're a weirdo. But that I'm speaking Christianese. How do we sing this? How do we sing the songs of the Lord in a strange land? Well, we've got to learn the words. But here's the thing: in every place where there's a community in common, every community in common has their own language. I mean, anyone in the medical world? When was the last time you? When, when did you stop using a wheelbarrow to carry around all of those wheelbarrow-sized words that you guys use? You know, all those different diagnoses and all that sort of stuff. Anyone in the legal world? When you come and talk to me, can you bring an interpreter? <laughs> you know, I mean, you read a document that's written by a lawyer and it's 15 trees long. But then, you know what, there's the community that I spent 20 years in, the military world. And the military world is so full of TLAs, you need an interpreter there too. Anybody not know what a TLA means? Three-letter abbreviation. That's right. You know what, we sell ourselves short. And we miss out on so much depth and so much color and so much dimension when we think we're the only ones with the correct language. And you know what, this is... Equally as true when it comes to the language of faith in Jesus Christ. When we look into languages and we see expressions of faith, they are so figurative. They are so expressive. They are so wonderful. It's way beyond what we in our marvelous Western English actually have. For example, there is a language that's spoken in southern Nigeria called Yoruba. Did I say that right one day? Yoruba? Yoruba. And when they speak to the, of the word faith, the meaning, the, the expression of that word faith has a meaning of to lose your feathers. Let me explain. Randy Groff, who works for Wycliffe Bible Translators, explains it this way. There is a species of bird in his area that upon hatching its eggs, it loses its feathers. During this molting phase, the mother bird is no longer able to fly away from the nest or to go and look for food for her hungry chicks. She literally has to remain in the nest where she and her babies are completely dependent on the male bird to bring them food. And without the diligent, dependable work of the male bird, the mother and the babies would all die. This scenario is the basis of the word faith in the Yoruba dialect. Let me ask you this. Is your faith at such a level that you're prepared to lose your feathers and depend entirely on God? That's a challenging question, eh? Our key verse was chosen to capture that level of faith. Jesus wants to be one church under one God who has one mediator between God and man, and that is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, the Apostle Paul writing to the Colossians in chapter 3, he says this, Since God chose you to be a holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. 
And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative to the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, I'm going to read all of those verses again, but I'm going to read them in reverse order. I discovered this when I was putting this message together. I was looking at them and I think, oh yeah, they're kind of all laced together. And then my kind of crazy spaghetti brain read them all backwards. And I was like, oh, that goes together even better. So let me read them to you from verse 16 back through 12, finishing with verse 17. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And let the peace that comes from Christ in that worship rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must be, forgive others. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through, God, through him to God the Father. You know... When I, when I think of what I'm explaining and teaching this morning, it immediately makes me go back to the beginning. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God, and the Word was with God. It's possible that no language has ever found a perfect translation for this phrase, the Word. Lots of different translations, but maybe not the perfect. And I guess we'll find out what the perfect translation is when we actually stand and see him. And then actually, as the scripture says, when we see him, when we behold him, there'll be no more explanation needed. <laughs> Amen. Now, when John references Jesus as the word and he's speaking about the majesty of God, it can lead us into a closer and appreciation of understanding God. But of course, John... The Bible we have wasn't translated from Hebrew in, in this particular instance. It was translated from Greek. And so the word is translated in Greek to the word logos. And logos in the Greek world is the center of philosophy, encompassing meaning throughout the centuries from reasoning to the heart of all reality. And get this, the word logos in the Greek also means the one who is the mediator between God and the cosmos. How cool is that? Now, I want to give you a different approach. If I can just please, Amber, just under here. Zave, I'm going to need your help, please. Again. There might be chocolate in it for you. <laughs> Always a willing helper. <laughs> now, logos is the translation for the word in Greek. But when we translate the word logos into Tongan, it, it's translated as folofola. Folofola. And the term folofola comes from the kingly language within Tonga. And it literally means this the unrolling of the mat. 
The mat is something that looks like this. So this is a Tongan tapa mat. I was, I was actually given, I was given this mat in a terrifying moment in my life. <clears throat> the second wedding I'd ever taken was for a Tongan, uh, a Tongan groom and a Samoan bride. And they had a pālangi pastor. <laughs> and I said, do you really want me to do this wedding? I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm so far out of my depth. But let me explain to you. The tapa mat is an indispensable item in the Tongan culture. These mats are literally passed down from generation to generation. And they hold significance and status. They can even be used as currency. And they are incredibly, they're handmade and hand-painted. And so I'm actually, I'm not offending the culture by standing on the mat. Perhaps I should actually probably take my shoes off before I do it. So let me just step back. But the mat is especially beautiful and elaborate in its designs. It's traditionally rolled out and kept carefully until a special guest visits. The term speaks to the Tongans, the idea of God's word being unrolled to reveal his love and his salvation to mankind. When we draw on this interpretation from the Tongan language, we can see that John was taught, in the beginning was the word, in the beginning was fola fola. In the beginning, God was unrolling the mat and presenting his son, Jesus Christ, to the world. As beauty and honor, as love and salvation, and our response should be equal and similar. We too would roll out a mat of welcome to the word. We would roll out a mat, we would fuller, fuller, roll out a mat of welcome to his presence, to his glory. He is a special and a significant guest who has rolled out from generation to generation. In fact, and I checked this through because um, I talked to the mother of the bride of the wedding that I took, and I said, can you, from your own language, explain this to me? Because and, and, I'd done the research, and she, she agreed that this is all this. She goes, but we go one step further. When we come and we gather in church, this is a phrase that we use at the beginning of worship. And they say, it goes this, koe fola fola himi. What they're actually saying is that this, our God, we will roll out this himi, this hymn or worship. We will roll out this song in recognition of you. Koe fola fola himi. We are going, your, our worship to you is so precious because you are so precious to us. We will roll out our faith. We will roll out the word to you. Another key word in the book of John, John chapter 1 verse 4 says the word gave life to everything that was created. His life brought life, light to everyone. The special truth, this special truth was, was spoken out and characterized and unpacked even more all the way through the gospel of John and even Jesus himself, his famous statement, he said, I am the way, truth and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. John 14, verse 6. Here John says that in him, in the word, in him is Jesus, and in him, in the word, is life. And so it's like when Jesus comes, it's follow, follow, he rolls out life to all of us. So what does this mean? Does it mean just does Jesus equal life? 
Or is life just an element or a power of Jesus? Or, or is it just a metaphor? No, it's, you know what? It's actually all of the above. Again, I believe that God has given every people group the ability to express his nature and his truth through their unique language. For example, a little known dialect that's spoken in Peru called Shipibo uh, Kunibo. For the, the word life, this is what it means. The word that caused to live. See, in the Western language, I mean, I'm sure you've all seen it. We've got one word that has a bazillion different meanings and also a different way of saying it. Same spelling, you know, sort, different spelling. One's to sort something out, one's to seek something out. But it's said the same way. So it's, you know, apparently, apparently English is one of the hardest languages to learn. Anyone want to verify that? you know what in truth there's hundreds and hundreds of languages in actual fact there's thousands of dialects I was up in the eastern highlands of Papua New Guinea um, at a school graduation of a mission that our church supported years ago and I'm sitting there and the only word that was like hallelujah oh I recognize that one (laughs) when I was preaching in India I was my my English was being translated, and they're all sitting there looking delightful. And then I'd go hallelujah, and the whole place would go hallelujah. <laughs> that was the only word they understood. And I'm sitting next to this amazing, uh, just a, amazing, beautiful Papua New Guinean Papua New Guinean gentleman, and his skin was so dark, and he, he just looked just looked regal, and I felt really honoured sitting next to him. But I also was completely out of my depth and totally confused. And he could see this white boy's face going, I haven't got a clue. And he leaned over to me and he goes, it's okay, you pala. I don't understand either. And I live just across the road. <laughs> it's like 600 dialects in PNG, you know? And he, I was like, oh, I feel so much better. So many languages, but each language carries something. Each of your ethnicities, each of your nations carries something of the beauty of Christ. Through those translations, we learn in a new way that Jesus is the word and he is the one who causes us to live. We, are, we have a new life because he unrolled it. Fola, fola. We celebrate the beautiful mosaic of the nations that we have in this church. And oh my goodness, it's beautiful. But I want us to meditate on the one that caused us to live within the new life that he has created and called you to enjoy with each other in companionship as one, as one with each other, and even more importantly, as one with him, one with each other, just as I am one with you and you are one with me and I want them to be one with us. So when we consider our faith, when we consider our hapuri whakapono, our church community, when we consider our Fano Aihu, our family in Jesus, I want to conclude with this statement. Ehara takutoa i tetoa takitahi, ingari hetoa takitini. My success is not mine alone, but it is the strength of the many. This morning, as we celebrate as one church, of many nations, as one church, of many ethnic expressions, as one church with one king and one God and one mediator between God and mankind, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May you be blessed in the fullness of our one God and know him in every part of your being. Regardless of the country you were born in, 
As a believer in Jesus, your home and your life is in Him. Kia tau, kia tato kato. Te atifai o te tato, ariki a hihu karaiti. Me te aroha e te atua. Me te whingawhinga tahitanga. Ki te wairua tapu. Ake, ake, ake. Amini. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.